people that, that we can't be with in these times. So there's a lot of deep emotions. And our lives have kind of slowed down to the degree that we're thinking about th- some things that we haven't been able to think about in a while. And also during these holiday seasons, I don't know if you've noticed this, but my wife makes me wear this. I, I tend to act like a junior high kid when I get with my parents. So there's some old patterns in my life that I begin reliving. Certain sibling dynamics that I find myself falling into and I think, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, but I'm kind of doing some things I did 40 years ago. This is embarrassing. So all of these dynamics come together with a challenge of us really living out genuinely who we are, who Jesus has made us to be. So what does it mean to be holy? Being holy is not just being good. Being holy is fully living out who Jesus is. It's not about not breaking rules. So often we think of holiness only in terms of purity. God is holy. He's pristine. There's complete perfection there. But it's more than that. It's the overflowing abundance of His character, of the fruit of the Spirit. He's not just not making mistakes. He is fully generous in giving of all that He is and and abundant in in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Everything that He is overflowing and radiant. And so I'm... I have a, a short definition for you of holiness that, that I believe God wants to use again and again, and he has in my life, of expanding this understanding. What the angels said in Revelation, holy, holy, holy. They're talking about a definition that holy is pure, but it's also whole and mature and full. And full. So... Uh, there's a, a verse in Matthew chapter 5.48 that says, To be perfect as I am perfect. And that word teleos there, the Greek word, is talking about maturity. It's talking about the... It's, it's not just a tree that has fruit. It's a tree that's overflowing with rich, weighed down with fruit. It's, it's a maturity. This holiness we're called to is, is this, uh, a, a, an expressed character. And that's what we see in who, who God is. And then there's a, there's a maturity. God is fully mature and developed in every way. He's the pinnacle of all that we could imagine that is excellent and true. And he's whole. He's completely whole with nothing lacking. And we are holy as we are walking in, in fullness and in completeness emotionally. There's a place where... This, it's not just about being pure, but it's, it's about our hearts being complete. And God is full. He's holy and being full within himself that he fills all in all. He is, he is everywhere. And he's, he, in his character, fills everything. And we are full. We are walking in holiness. When we have a depth of understanding that he is enough. And that we're walking in and satisfaction in that. With the story of the widow's mite as an example of a person who didn't have a lot of possessions but was fully generous. There was no grasping. But this, so this wholeness, maturity, and fullness is part of the holiness of God. So what does that look like for us? What would a holy Christmas look like? And that... 
and again, my, as I'm talking right now, every one of you, are the children and the adults. We've got two weeks here at the end of the year. And they're holy. One definition of holy is to be set aside for a special purpose, for God's purposes. And so, wow, I don't know about you, but I could use some days that are set aside in this season. That I could see that, that I want to see more of God's character and fullness in my relationship with him and in my relationship with my family. I know they would like to see that, and I, I desire that. So, to be whole, to be holy like God is, is to grow in how we relate to others. The primary way that I want to emphasize right now is growing our muscles of forgiveness as we enter into these holidays, these holy days. So children, think about this. Can we be more holy by not only not being selfish, but by being kind? By thinking of of ways to be kind to your siblings. There's, you know, I've noticed that a number of families here have more than one child. I'm staring at Kendra right now. I didn't mean to do that, Kendra. I, was, I could have looked at somebody else. I could have looked over here at Ashley. But I did look at you at that moment. So when you have lots of siblings, James, you have lots of opportunities to be kind, don't you? To do small things that tell people that they're special, that you appreciate them. And these, you know what? So often we think of gifts that we give to other people, but something we can do to give to others is acts of kindness. Now, for those of you that are a, a little bit bigger, we want to practice this holiness by not reacting out of our past. As you enter into these seasons, sometimes we're flooded with memories. And some of them are real sweet, but some of them are painful. And so wholeness for us, for this holiness comes uh, in our lives means bringing some of our sadness to Jesus. When those moments come, when we are angry or sad, he wants to do a transfer with us that would make our hearts whole. So during these days, you know, in my life, I am, uh, I I'm a relatively sentimental person in one way. I have so many memories. But even this morning, I woke up, and, uh, and even I, last night I went to bed, and I had this really painful thought about a relationship with a friend about 15 years ago. Why do these things happen? I don't know. But this thought comes in, and, and all of a sudden anger comes in related to it. And I just kind of roll over, stick the pillow over my head, lay, and... I'm going to sleep. But I woke up this morning, got my Bible, and was praying, got my coffee, and I just took that memory to Jesus. And it was amazing. He just began to show me what I was trying to do, that I've tried to do a thousand times in, in gaining value or respect or affirmation. And I just, I turned that pain over to him and said, Lord, you 
where all I need at this moment, I, I appreciate this friendship, but I just want to thank you that you understand my heart and what I need. So being holy <clears throat> is not reenacting negative scenarios from your past, not acting out of those hurt and anger, but getting ready to forgive a whole bunch. We have expectations. We come in that, you know, uh, this person that maybe we've had a conflict in the past, we think it's all going to go away. <laughs> and then, boom, it happens again. And I just want to tell you, it's going to happen again. There's good news, great tidings of joy. That, that bump is going to happen again. So today, let's make Christmas holy by choosing ahead of time to forgive. And it's, it's you that will become more whole in that circumstance. I'm not saying that that person is going to be any different. But how you're affected will be different as you choose to forgive. Another way to be whole is to recognize our unrealistic expectations. You know, holiness is not about not making mistakes. It's about how fast you get up when something happens. It's how we respond in the moment. And, you know, I, I wanted to, I was, I was thinking about the, the children, telling them to be kind to someone. It's, I, I had this thought of challenging us all to look for someone we can love. But I, uh, I think some of you are also trying to love someone Again and again and again, and it's just not working. So I'm not saying love that person that's impossible. Yes, love them. But don't, don't make it a big project during the Christmas holidays to get some breakthrough that you haven't been able to get for the last 15 years. Sometimes that's just running. That's an expectation that we can have that only leads us into more hurt. Do you understand what I'm saying? We have an expectation that that thing's going to go away somehow. Well, I want you to love the person next to that person. Not out of spite, but just in an exercise of moving toward wholeness. That I, I want to be whole, so I want to be giving. I want to love someone. So who is that in your life? Okay, next thing we want to do is by, we want to grow in making this a holy holiday by growing in maturity. And the way that we do this in our families, we grow in maturity by valuing history, valuing the past. So children, this is one of the reasons why we tell these stories again and again and we wear cow hats. It's because we are remembering the special history that we have. We tell it again and again. In our family, uh, Susan, I can't remember when it was, but the before Dorothy was born, maybe even, we got Making Christmas Memories, or that book that we've used every year. And we, there's a whole set of exercises that we do with our kids, and they, you know, we, they're making the, the sounds on their knees as, as we tell the story. They're going back to Bethlehem, and all the children are patting their knees. And there's these little things that we do every year. And the next year, they, Let, can we do that one, Daddy? They, and they even do that today. They say, Dad. Make that little noise, you know. It's amazing. But these, these traditions, 
give us a value of the past. And it, it helps us to understand our families. Some of the things that we, we celebrate in history are victories. You know, we have memorials of great war victories. We also have uh, rem- remember break- breakthroughs. And, it, and we even remember hardships of the past. And I, I, I've seen so many times in my life, the things that are sweetest in my life are some of the most difficult places that I walked through that I was comforted in, in, in those places, or things that we thought were impossible. We made it. We're still alive. God is good. Jewish holidays are about remembering the most significant parts of their history. This Christmas is a huge part of our history, but there's another part of your history that I want you to remember in this season. Where is Jesus in your family's history? Can you... Remind your children of your testimony. Remind your family members of the story in your life. Our family story goes like this on the Butner side. John Wordy Butner, that was his name. He was very introverted, but his name was Wordy. My, my grandfather was in medical school in Missouri, and he broke his leg. And so he... He got out of school, and he ended up in, in a hospital for a season of time. And this is, this is uh, these are the teens or the 20s? Let me see. I, I guess it was the, in the teens, 19th, 1900 and something, before 1920. And while he was in the hospital, someone came and shared the gospel with him, and he got saved. And at that point in time, he decided, well... I'm not going back to medical school. I'm going to serve Jesus. So he ended up at, at seminary. And he was in New Orleans. And there's stories of his life of uh, doing street evangelism in New Orleans. And it was, it was, it was kind of a rough town. Uh, you know, I, not, I, I like New Orleans from Louisiana. But, uh, but there's stories of the difficulties that he had at that time. And that's one of the pieces of our history. Papa Buck got saved in the hospital, and our family was changed forever. So that's, that's part of our history. That's part of our memory. That's part of the tradition that we live in. And that focuses our children, it focuses our relationship, it focuses our families on, on history in a way that honors maturity. So, where... Was Jesus injected in your family history? Share that and grow in maturity. Another way, that God is holy and that he's full. So, yes, who, who plans on eating a lot of food over the next couple of weeks? Children's hands will go up fast. There's a few other people in here that are honest. Great. Our refrigerator is, is beginning to burst. And we value eating. One of our, our family... Uh, themes. Susan's looking at me like she doesn't know how this is going to come across. But we, we did it one time with our children. We said, what's, what's our family motto? Jesus, love, food. The three values that we had. <laughs> so Jesus loves food. No, Jesus, focus of our lives, our love and expression of the world. But food kind of was a high value in our family. And at this season, we feast. And we have Grandma Harris's Stuffing, the dressing, it's phenomenal. 
used an entire large bottle of sage in order to create this stuffing. And it's a massive amount of vegetables. It's something that none of you have ever had unless you've been at our house. It's incredible. It's the best anywhere, everywhere. And Susan's chiffon pumpkin pie is amazing. She's, she's frowning at me right now, but I'm bragging on amazing cook. And the children come home because they want fullness. They, are, they have sent home ahead of time the recipes they want mama to cook. So there's a, there's a symbol there, even of food, of God's desire to lavish his fullness on us. But I would just want to challenge you also, one of his gifts for you, one of his gifts for your parents that's even more special is rest. He wants your parents to be full of rest. Children, look at your parents and say, I want you to be full of rest during this season. Wouldn't that be a miracle? Wouldn't it be phenomenal? You know, we're called to a Sabbath rest every week. We're called to seasons of rest. And I, so, Lord Jesus, show us how to slow down. Just do less. Would these days be holy if they were simpler? Where we are able to unplug and, and to, you know, I, I, I won't say no screens, but less screens. What if we, every once in a while, we only have one screen for the entire family? And then a few times, no screens. Lord, give us holy days that are full of conversation face-to-face. That we're, we're asking each other questions. I like to play this game with Susan. I like to find out something that I don't yet know about her after 31 years of marriage. I want to learn something new about her. So is there something new that you can learn about each other? Is there a way that that we can grow in fullness in our relationships? Overflowing. And it means fullness is, is also this generosity. The Feast of Fruits in the Old Testament was giving the first fruits of our labor. It was at the end of... Now, this is back before stocks and bonds. They, uh, it was an agrarian society, and so that, that tithe came with uh, animals and wheat and grain and grapes. It was the very first of their, their crops. And so in this season, what's the best? Let's, let's give some of your first fruits to the Lord and to each other. Let's be generous. And as, as adults, there's nothing, they, they, you probably watch a Disney film or two that says, dads, there's nothing more valuable than your time. If you want to be generous, moms, there's nothing more valuable than your time. Let's be generous with the people that are closest to us. That's going to allow these days to be holy, complete, full, mature, So why are these days holy? Let's read Luke chapter 2. This is, uh, what is Charlie Brown and Lucy's brother? What is Lucy's brother? Linus. 
Anybody remember Linus reading this passage in the cartoon? This is why these days are holy. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So, see how relevant to modern-day events the Bible is? Syria. We're talking about Syria. Never mind, I won't go anywhere. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There were angels living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Now children, you help me out. Read this verse together, okay? Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, for which, that which were just as they had been told. So this is the tradition in our family, and it started with my grandfather. The tree has got all these gifts underneath it, and just a massive amount of uh, grandchildren are in this house. I look back and think about three-bedroom house. There were five couples and 14 or 15 grandchildren in the, in the house. We were not staying at the hotel near. We were all in my grandparents' house, loving every minute of it. And we got up on a Christmas morning, and, you know, we were not thinking about being holy at that moment as children. We were thinking about gifts. But my grandfather, we all knew what the rules were. The tradition in our family was to honor Jesus before any gift was opened. And we would read this passage of Scripture. Now, as a kid, it felt like about an hour. It was, man, like, faster, come on, faster. And usually, you know, my, my grandfather and my father are pastors. They, they, speak with dramatic effect, rolling this whole passage out. 
But that, those times marked me. They were saying, these are holy days. These are holy times. This is a holy story. And everything stops to focus on who Jesus is and, and what happened in his birth. So I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to close. And I'd, I'd like you just to, to stand up right now. How many of you want, you know, again, reframing your mind. Holiness, thank you as the band comes up. Holiness is not about not making mistakes. Holiness is not, it does contain moral purity. But it's about the fullness of God. So as you're feasting, say, Lord, you're holy. It's about the the maturity of God. So as you're in this holiday time, honor traditions. Let the littlest ones value our history, our spiritual history in the Bible, but also your personal history. Take a moment to share someone during these holidays. Make it holy by sharing your spiritual history, your testimony with someone. in wholeness in our families by a fresh commitment to take in every experience and every relationship to his feet for fresh healing putting our hearts together you want healing in your families you want God's presence to fill every moment you want these days to be holy it's a good thing holiness is the most wonderful thing biggest adjective we can have about the expression of God's character. May these be holy days in our family. So let me pray for you. Lord, I do ask that the fullness of who you are would come into every one of our homes. The fullness of who you are would be in every work situation, in every office, in every every classroom. Lord, I pray for wholeness to come, that you would heal relationships that are broken. You would heal our own hearts that are sad. And you would would bring a level of joy that would affect us deeply and would bring a permanence of your satisfaction. Lord, we pray for every meal to be full to be something that is overflowing with gratefulness in your fullness. Lord, we pray for a rest to come that expresses your fullness. That we would lay down every care of this life. Financial worries, we just lay them at your feet, Lord. Fears about the future, we just lay them at your feet cares about things being perfect and high expectations that we have for this season. We just lay these things at your feet, Jesus. Say, make our hearts whole. Come and bring your life. And even as you're just looking, think about somebody else in this room right now. We're praying for yourself, maybe your family. 
But just right now for a moment, I, I want us to, to just find someone else in this room and pray for them. Lord, let their family be full. Lift your voice right now. Just find someone. Pray for wholeness, holiness, fullness, a growth of maturity in every relationship, for a rest and a peace to grow.